and Clayman Media. You're listening to the We Bear Witness Podcast, where we discuss theological truths and cultural influences. Follow us on Spotify or wherever podcasts are streaming. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to We Bear Witness. We are glad that you are listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all the downloads and uh, all of the encouragement we've experienced online as we sort of hope to bring conversations about the church and theology and sort of the culture amidst all of it uh, right to your door and right to your phones. And so we greatly appreciate all the support and encouragement as well as, well, you know, the general friendships that we make throughout this that span as far as Brazil. Uh, yes. So we're really excited to announce that Victor, uh, Victor, our friend from Brazil, is helping us out with a lot of stuff right now. You like Victor, don't you, Dylan? I do. I, I love Victor. And uh, I really think it's cool, Victor's story of how um, he found this podcast when it really was yeah. a very awful uh, <laughs> podcast in the terms of quality. And he has been faithfully listening to that. And God's used it in his life. And we're excited to have him uh, join the team as we uh, hope to help others um, hear about the truth of God's word here. That's really it. We got a big conversation for you today. Uh, seems that um, one of the country's biggest and best known megachurches, Saddleback Church, many know the pastor or the former pastor, Rick Warren, uh, is no longer a part of the Southern Baptist Convention after bringing on a female teaching pastor last year. Saddleback was among five churches with female pastors who were deemed no longer in friendly cooperation, end quote, with the denomination at a meeting of the SBC Executive Committee in Nashville about February 21st. So this congregation ordained specifically three women from the stage in May 2021, and that decision got some play, as you remember, Dylan, at the Southern Baptist Convention. I believe Rick Warren sort of stood up and responded to that. One of the main quotes from that annual meeting in June 2022 in, in Anaheim uh, was, are we going to keep bickering over secondary issues or are we going to keep the main thing the main thing? Well, February 21st, 2023, the committee recommended that Saddleback Church, second largest church in the SBC in terms of size, be disfellowshipped, saying the church has, quote, a faith and practice that does not closely identify with the convention's adopted statement of faith as demonstrated by the church having a female teaching pastor functioning in the office of pastor. So first thing first, Dylan, what are your, what are your thoughts initially on sort of this controversy that's broken out within the SBC? Because there are not only rebuttals, but of course, criticisms and uh, some hurt people as well as some confused people. Yeah. So first I'm going to say, yes, we are going here today with uh, women pastors. (laughs) Um, So ready or not, here we come. So Less people think that this was a really fast decision. I remember that this was being brought up when you and I uh, were in Nashville. Um, what was that? 2021. Was it 21? Oh. Uh, yeah, I think it was 21. Um, and this was the, the um, I, I don't know the technical term, but I guess a resolution or request that the committee look into this yeah. church and whether they were still within <clears throat> standing. It was being brought with the the Baptist faith. The message was brought forward at that time. And now here we are, you know, uh, over a year and a half later, finally it's, it's happened. They've made that decision. Um, and so the first thing that, you know, stands out to me is like, it wasn't a really fast decision that was made. There was a lot of thought. And, uh, I, I wonder, um, 
part of me, what took so long to get to this point? Because I know, you know, in Anaheim, they weren't ready to make this step. And it w- they publicly said that. Um, uh, and so it's interesting that they've made this decision now. Um, and there's been, like you said, mixed reactions to this decision. Was it correct? Was it not correct? Is this a biblical uh, stance for them to be doing? Um, and so that's what we're here to kind of dig into and talk about today. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is obviously different denominations feel differently on this. To some people, even within the Southern Baptist Convention, it's a secondary issue. I don't believe Dylan and I think it's a secondary issue because we believe Scripture is a a primary issue. And I know that's going to lean itself to say, okay, yeah, but but you believe baptism is a, a, a secondary issue. Like you can still worship together and have different viewpoints on baptism. Uh, and I, I'm like, within reason, that still deserves a conversation. But the Lord's Supper, there's plenty of people that believe, that, you know, the Eucharist or it's a sacrament rather than an ordinance. And you break bread with your Presbyterian friends and your Anglican friends and all that's well and true. And and again, the motive here is just to be faithful to the authority of Scripture. Specifically, when it comes to the leadership, it's important to go back and look at the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, which is current currently our statement of faith within the SBC. And as a convention, the bottom line is a disfellowship is not cast ye away heretics. You will burn forever in the lake of fire. This is the mentality that we disagree with your take here. We disagree. Uh, we believe that this scripture is very clear and we align our statement with it. Uh, and so bottom line is there's even been controversy from Southern Baptist Church uh, presidents of seminaries, uh, pastors galore, who just believe that it wasn't as clear and clear enough to disfellowship over something like this. Uh, as stated in the Baptist Faith and Message, Article 6, the SBC holds to the belief that the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. This was said by Jared Wellman in a statement after the disfellowshipping of Saddleback. He goes on to say, these churches have been valued, cooperating churches for many years, and this decision was not made lightly. However, we remain committed to upholding the theological convictions of the SBC and maintaining unity among its cooperating churches. Well, later, I believe Rick Warren got on and he was very sort of, this isn't the end, don't worry. And, and you know, uh, the Woods, I believe, are the, the new pastor and pastor wife um, of the church. And so this isn't even really Rick Warren's ball field anymore. But uh, he, Andy and Stacy Wood are the, are the new pastors, plural, uh, now, I believe Stacy Wood has preached in Sunday services three times since her husband was commissioned in September 2022, according to Christianity Today. And so Rick Warren sort of coming out because, you know, it's Rick Warren. He's massive, a huge figure in, in Christendom in the United States of America. Whether you disagree with purpose-driven life or purpose-driven church or the elements of it, it doesn't matter. He's massively influential. He's a humongous presence in one of the most unreached states uh, in the United States in terms of Christianity or especially evangelicalism. And so I think that had a lot of people swimming. Well, obviously mm-hmm. what Dylan and I want to do is not just take it back to an opinion or a tradition. We want to take it back to the scripture. We want to see the most important question here is not what the SBC thinks about women pastors or how you should think about women pastors or why you think this was harsh or why you don't think this was harsh. All of that's rather irrelevant uh, in the light of the scripture, in the light of the word of God and what the word of God proclaims uh, are the roles of men and women. And not just that, but the roles of men and women inside the church and how everyone's called to ministry, but not everyone is called to the identical ministry or uh, you know similar ministry as men and women uh, can be in some cases like service, but not necessarily when it comes to the offices of leadership within the church hierarchy, within leadership. 
And I think that was our point, uh, Dylan. It was to basically say that there are specific roles and specific things that are meant just for men, according to the scripture, because we look at Pauline text no differently than we look at uh, the red letters, being that all of it was written by men through the spirit of God who were being operated through the spirit of God as the main author of the text. And so everything, every word, as we see in First Timothy, is written for our uh, reproof for our correction, for the teaching of doctrine, so that people know what God wants, know what God loves, and knows what God desires of his people. So the question always has to really come back down to, well, what does scripture say? And if we're being honest, uh, and we'll get into a few of these objections, knowing Jesus Ministries has done some great work on this for the gospel, has written a great piece on this, so we recommend those uh, as well. But really, what does the Bible have to say about women pastors, and can women be women be pastors. And I don't, I don't even know if you want to spend a lot of time on, uh, should, should this disfellowship a church? Well, I think anything going against the Baptist faith, the message, the, the statement of faith, it, the reason it's there is because people can be disfellowshipped if they don't have it. It's, it's what we believe closely aligns with scripture. And we want every church who's part of the convention. Remember churches are autonomous. This, this isn't Anglicanism. This isn't high church. This is uh, autonomous churches who are working in cooperation and unity with one another inside the convention. I mean, this was a huge pay cut the SBC took, disfellowshipping Saddleback. This wasn't just a bunch of mean men who are ignoring abuse cases and concentrating strictly on just, oh, you just don't want women to be pastors. No, we want the Bible to be followed. And so, so if you're hearing this and you're a, women, you're a woman pastor, you, you proudfully, uh, pridefully tout that you're a, a woman who is a pastor – Look, this is not meant to be hate speech against you. This is this is something that's hopefully said in love and context of the scriptures. What we are inviting you into is a conversation about what the word of God has to say, because the word of God and the authority of scripture is the authority of the church. Christ is the head of the church. We operate by his word. We operate in the finality and the power of his word, the everlasting power of his perfect, infallible word. And so that's, this is not a question of, oh, well, men get to be pastors. There are some weeks where I wish I could hand this job off. You know what I'm saying? Like, no offense, but this is a role, man. This, this, is, a, this is a job. This is a task. This is a calling. And it's for women's benefits, for their good, as well as a man's good, that we stay within the confines of what scripture allows and doesn't allow. And so that, that's really, I just wanted to kind of, I know that's a lot of words there, but I wanted to enunciate our position, our base, before having scriptural uh, text sort of brought up in conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like like we said, we want to hold as close to the scripture as possible. And that's our, that's our goal and that's our hope in this conversation. And in no ways does this, um, I think, reflect on the value of an individual of men versus women. Um, that's not what what this is about. And we see that throughout the scripture, but when it comes to uh, women in the role of a pastor or overseer, um, the scripture leads us to believe that, that only men can hold those positions. Um, you know, when we, when we look at um, the word pastor overseer, um, you know, oftentimes they're used, uh, you know, bishop overseer pastor is different different uh, positions, but really as, as we study the word of God, what we see is, is those positions titles are interchangeable. And so, so we're looking at, you know, what, what Paul's teaching is uh, in the new Testament to pastors and uh, Paul, you know, to Titus, Paul writes, 
he, the overseer, must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. That's from Titus 1, verse right. 9. Um, so, you know, the one of the main roles of a pastor uh, is to be able to, you know, teach fellow believers in the word of God, to instruct, to discipline uh, in that and say, okay, <clears throat> how does this relate to women in that role of authority? Well, we have to go to first Timothy where it talks about, you know, the role of a, a pastor overseer there. And it says, you know, he must be the husband of one wife. And you stop there and you're like, okay, it's, it's talking to the men here, right? Uh, obviously saying the man, he must be faithful to one woman here. Yeah, the word wife is the giveaway there. Yeah. You know, I know this is confusing in our day and age, you know, (laughs) Um, but, but this is, uh, uh, this was not right. This was not written accounting for gender dysphoria. Right. This is from Genesis. We see man and women, uh, male and female, uh, husband and wife. And so, uh, so that's our first clue. And then as we go on in, in, uh, first Timothy two twelve. And we're pulling this from the Knowing Jesus Ministries um, article there. But uh, in 1 Timothy, Paul writes and says, quote, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over Mm -hmm. a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Um, And then the article goes on and says, this passage makes it impossible for a woman to hold the office of pastor because it strictly prohibits women from teaching and taking spiritual authority over men in the church, which are the two basic uh, and, and, you know, most important functions of the pastoral role. Um, The pastors must be able to teach. They're also called to rule with authority. That's from uh, 1 Timothy 5, 17. Mm -hmm. So women are prohibited from doing both in the church. Therefore, a woman cannot meet the biblical qualifications to be pastor, end quote. And there are plenty of objections to this. Uh, sort of, I, I like to learn through objections. I like to learn through sort of a debated forum, but just to share a few that you may even be having in your heart uh, if you're listening and really not understanding. I, I think, I don't mean to assume, but I think a lot of us are thinking about uh, women who, who have carried the title pastor, who have meant so much to us in our life. And I'm not doubting that the spirit of God wasn't present. I'm not doubting that the spirit of God didn't work. I'm suggesting men, men we're all sinners and needed the same God and needed the same working. And, and no one has everything perfectly right. We just want to make sure that we're as close to the scriptures as possible because the scripture is perfectly right. And there are many objections that sort of come when you hear this. Uh, one main one is, wasn't Paul's command in 1 Timothy 2.12 related to cultural issues for that time uh, that don't apply today? Uh, and basically it means, you know, Paul was only prohibiting women in Timothy's church from becoming elders. He right. wasn't intending to make the command sort of eternal for the church. Uh, and, and two things really stand out right away. And I mean, first Timothy two eleven through 14, uh, like, um, like Dylan read, it continues on to say for Adam was formed first, then Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Uh, two things should be observed here. Nothing in that passage indicates, uh, that Paul's prohibition is due to some type of uneducated or problematic woman teaching in the church. Uh, he gives us basically a two-part answer and just saying Adam was created first, then Eve. By the way, that's also a literal historical Genesis account in the New Testament. Just that's free. You get that for free. 
Uh, but the first reason Paul lists why women cannot hold authority over men in the church from that place of pastoral and shepherding leadership through the Greek words that we know for pastor, elder, and overseer, or bishop, is by taking on the role of pastor, uh, they would be basically violating the creation order. Men have been placed in authority over women and children, not dominion in the sense of tyranny, not uh, a, a sexist or hold women back sort of way. This has nothing to do with any of that. Uh, but men by God have been placed in authority in his perfect design over women and children, both in the home and in the church. In the home, we see this represented in faithful weddings. Uh, Lord, let the groom be an example of Christ Jesus. And there's no greater love than Christ's for the church. He gave his life for the church. May the groom give his life for the bride. This is the kind of relationship we're talking about, not get back in the woman kitchen I, or we'll get back in the kitchen, woman. I need another sandwich or, you know, I just got done playing bowling with the guys or every 1950s sitcom you ever saw, because I think people interpret this command and even interpret the SBC's BFM 2000 on this issue through the lens of they've seen so much domestic abuse and they've seen much, right. so much violation of this authority. And they're, they're, they're interpreting things through, you won't tell me what to do and you won't tell me who to be in it. And that's not just women. Men are doing that and they're yeah. God given roles. They're, and they're the, passive and, and, and not doing what they're standing up to do. And then they damn the women who are standing up and doing it. And one, one great, observation here was, you know, why are there women pastors in our church? It was a small church local to us. It's because no men will stand up and do it. Well, that's right. a stinking shame. And if I was there, I would be preaching very Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of angry God <laughs> at those men. Like, what are you doing? You cowards, like someone get up and shepherd these people and like, praise God for women who care enough to step up. And, and you know what I'm saying? And like be yeah. those leaders, but this is not God's design. And you're robbing yourself of the blessings uh, that God could give the church and even the impact of your ministry. Uh, and we're going to end, by the way, showing you ways in which God has deemed women fit for ministry. This is not saying women shouldn't be ministers or be involved in church ministry or have leadership roles within the church, within God's limitations and understanding. It's the same thing. Men have qualifications or they can't be leaders. There are there are gates to our freedom everywhere in authority in the church. That's what makes it true freedom is that there are real barriers. So Adam should have acted as the head of his wife and protected her from Satan's lies by holding fast to God's command. And in God's church, men are also tasked by God to lead and protect women by teaching and obeying the word of God. When the order is reversed, like in the garden, we are taking women out from under the headship and protection of men, sort of opening them up and the whole church up to Satan's original schemes. I do believe while I don't sit here and say they should be, you know, ostracized and we shouldn't care for them anymore and Lord open their eyes. There's a sense of just beware if we're not doing things the way God's designed or by his word. Uh, we should be very, very careful about how yeah. we go about that. That's in, the bottom line. In our culture today, and it's it's crept into our churches, is a perverted and twisted view of manhood. And I think that's um, where we've lost this design that God created is that when we, when often we look at headship or uh, being the, the spiritual leader ahead of your home, uh, leadership in the church, what you see is the abuse, what you see is the uh, domineering, you know, the, um, uh, the uh, I'm in charge, do what, do what I say, instead of the servant uh, hood and the servant leadership that God calls for biblical manhood. And when that happens, then biblical womanhood flourishes and it, those tandem together, we see the beauty of what God intended for the church and for the family unit. Yeah, exactly right. And and many others look to the word and go, we, know, we are preaching the word. This is what the word says. Look how many women 
uh, were in the Bible involved in ministry and leadership? Well, number one, we're not talking about whether or not women were engaged in ministry. Any Christian, man or female, should be engaged in ministry, should be working out the giftings and callings to serve the Lord. That's that's not really our concern right now, what we're talking about. But some common ones, if you're, you have your Bibles out, they'll look at Judges 4, 1 and 4. Look at Deborah, who was a prophetess and judge who led Israel. Uh, you know, and so we have Deborah, a judge and leader over Israel. Certainly women can be pastors. Well, number one, uh, we really need to know the difference between descriptive and prescriptive texts. Descriptive text is something that was happening or allowed to happen for that time for a specific reason. A great example of this is another rebuttal we'll often get. And this is a popular one, popularized by Beth Moore. I mean, I hear Beth Moore say this, I think, every time she's interviewed for any reason by anyone at anything. But she said, um, how dare we tell women they can't preach uh, the good news of the gospel? Number one, not what we're doing at all. This is literally about the role of pastor and ordination. So let's just clarify that. We're talking about the word pastor, the ordination of pastor. And yes, the preaching responsibility within the church and the shepherding and teaching is given to men through the first Timothy three qualifications. That is also where we'll see some disagreement from some of you. But again, nothing but love. But after the resurrection, it was women who first announced that Jesus was alive. So in Matthew 28, 1 through 10 and John 20, 18, you know, it was women who, who preached that Jesus was alive. And how, how in the world could we not say women can't preach today? And bottom line is these arguments look like they hold merit. But let's remember they are descriptive, descriptive arguments, not prescriptive arguments. What we are talking about from the letters of Paul and Jesus's words to the church, to his disciples, are prescriptive texts that the church should embody and exemplify and follow. Paul is mentioning ecclesiology. He's mentioning polity. He's talking about passages that the church is going to use and build the kingdom of. This isn't saying Priscilla was wrong for being in ministry or Junia or anybody or Phoebe. None of that. We're talking about women who love the Lord thy God. You should read books about women who love the Lord thy God and it should inspire you. And women should still be doing ministry and they should still have certain roles inside the church. Absolutely. We're talking about the role of pastor and its reservation for men as it responds not only to the creation account, but to the prescriptive texts of the New Testament that have solidified this role to happen to a man who is called by God, who meets these qualifications. Not just any man, not just any man, but the man who meets First Timothy 3 qualifications by his peers and who can help be held accountable for such. That is the, the, the main content of really our conversation. Is, is not to dismay women from ministry, not to say don't work, don't act, or like they're not gifted in thousands of ways. I personally am not gifted. I mean, I test I test and question my own calling as a pastor of a church. I'm not fighting for us just so men can have it. I'm sitting here and telling you that based on the scripture, which is the only thing I trust fully and wholeheartedly, that it says very plainly uh, a complementarian view that men are given this role. And it is prescriptive, not just descriptive to the cultural context. And there are going to be people that I love who love me who completely disagree with that. And they are absolutely free to do so. We are free to have our own podcast and tell you that we think you're wrong, but we love you. And maybe even have you on to discuss this further and look at some of these rebuttals in person. But don't you think it's important attached to this, Dylan, that we go over things uh, where people, women can serve? The goal here is not to be patronizing or saying, I know you wanted to be this, but you know, you can be this instead. It's it's a reminder. It's a reminder that says, look how many awesome women of God are serving in these capacities and these roles over over worship and youth and children. 
we're talking about people who shouldn't have spirit, women who shouldn't have spiritual authority over adult men, since the concern in scripture appears to be the issue of spiritual authority rather than function. I mean, look at our own church for a second. I don't know how many people listening go to Amelia Baptist Church or have ever visited Amelia Baptist Church, but haven't we gotten this from the other end? <laughs> Like, yes. Yeah. You know, We've been told so, that we uh, don't live this out as strictly as we should. No, I've been called uh, an egalitarian. You know. I was once told, which I just, you know, I've recently I've been told that I preach too Pentecostally, which I thought was also just that's great. So now I'm a Pentecostal egalitarian. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and be something else entirely. Uh, maybe, the, you know, maybe Church of Christ is hiring. Um, yeah. But but the, or we could always go non denom yeah, well, everybody else is. Uh, once they get good and funded, yeah. Oops. Right. Um, but the but the, men <laughs> the mentality is like that. You look at our church. We have Miss Pam, who's the pastor's wife, who is like musical direction in our church. Like she embodies the joy of the Psalms, yeah. and people love being led by her in worship and congregational singing. Technically, we are a congregational singing church but mm -hmm. and that that's what she wants and what she wanted all along and she leads us with with humble passion every sunday um and so i'm not opposed to that i'm not opposed to that at all we have uh ministers of mercy otherwise known as a diaconate where where husbands and wives are serve, serving our church as caregivers and that that's been contested even when we get into the offices of scripture which we don't find as clear as elders we are specifically talking about elders right now we can have a conversation about deacons uh, at another time but we have women who serve as student ministry director and children's ministry director. Uh, we have uh, we have women serving in every single capacity of our church, from leadership team to personnel to fellowship, Bible studies, Bible to... study. Most of our staff on the at, an administrative staff at the church. Most of our staff is women. You we were on staff and you helped sort of balance out the estrogen and the testosterone, but you, quote, abandoned, quote me, to provide for your family, which yeah. I thought was very selfish. And I still have serious issue with. You can't pick and choose what part of the Bible you uh, you want me to follow. So that's a good wraparound. Yeah, good, good segue. But my, <laughs> my point is not to kind of be that guy who's like, you know, I can say this. I have I have this friend who. No, we're, we're saying we're living it out. We're saying that what matters most to these to the women in our church who love Jesus is that we abide in the word and that we're not those those men who feel like a complementarian view earns you the right to mistreat women or keep them down or say the only thing that you should do is this. The only way you should serve the Lord is this little box that we get to keep you in. I don't think that's righteous. I don't think that's holy. I think that's rather cowardice. I think a lot of men hide behind sort of an entire look. Mm -hmm. uh, and vagueness. And they, again, they do what you just said. They pick and choose the scriptures and, and say, you know, well, since a woman can't be a pastor, then she really should just be quiet and not be a part of anything. That's not at all what the scripture says. And so you will see me congratulate you for your ministries, uh, ladies. You will see women uh, who I, I had lunch with today who, who you know, she's she'd be in disagreement with what we're talking about. She, she attends a church down the street and she is a uh, pastor. She calls herself a pastor of counseling at this church. She's an older lady, incredibly kind, incredibly sweet. And, uh, and we disagree, but I think she's, she's incredibly sweet, incredibly kind, and she means well, and she has a lot of good intentions and she counsels and helps a lot of people. So it's not up to me. It's up to the spirit of God to draw these lines, um, in someone's personal life and personal walk and personal conviction. But, uh, you know, we got to stand on the word of God and we got to be about what the word of God has to say, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Uh, we must be people that draw us back to the scriptures. Live humbly, 
but be bold in proclaiming what the Bible says. And that's, that's right. our hope. And that's what we try to do every day. Here. And that's all. And that's all we want to talk about. <laughs> 27 minutes worth on, right. on on this topic. And we're not afraid of this topic. Look, we trust the scriptures. We also trust dialogue. So if you have any questions at all, if you ever want to reach out to us, uh, we are all available literally everywhere. We are streaming wherever podcasts can be streamed. Uh, we are available on all the social networks, one message away from just hearing from you, loving you, praying with you. It would be our joy and privilege. We want to turn everything we have into uh, a ministry. Yep. And, uh, and so we would love to hear from you on any of this. And I'm super excited. Uh, next podcast that's coming out, we're going to be talking about the new movie that's out, uh, Jesus Revolution. Uh, I know yeah. you've seen it. I'm going to see it uh, yeah, here I've seen in the it next week. I'm waiting. Are you seeing it with Clay? Um, I don't know if Clay and I are going to do it, or I might just take my wife on a date. And oh, go, look at that. Do that. So, well, you know, unless your family calls dibs, we are right. taking Mary Claire. She's young enough. She can sit through a theater. We used to do that. Yeah, with that's true. That's true. What's the age when they can't do theaters anymore? Like, oh, one, I don't. One is. Yeah. One is, I mean, it depends on the, on the kid, honestly. My little man's one right now, or he'll be one at the end of March and I, taking him to a theater. If he's not like in sleeping or nursing yeah. or both mode, that's going to be brutal brutal town so i think one's kind of and then they kind of skip a couple years and by the time they get to four they're cool again but maybe people are different or yeah. kids are different yeah. maybe i'm i'm raising a bunch of banshees <laughs> no, with no soul i don't know maybe that's my lot time but will tell i have a great wife who loves the lord and serves at our church as children's ministry assistant imagine that so uh thank you guys so much for listening dylan i love to be back with you man hope everything yes. goes well hope you enjoy the date night with your wife jesus revolution will be on our next podcast i i have good things to say about it i have some uh, things I want to talk about in terms of not criticisms, but just maybe a couple warnings about how we leave that film. Uh, but overall, I thought that uh, everyone did a great job. We'll get more into it uh, a little later. And we thank you for watching the We Bear Witness podcast. Share, subscribe, tell your friends, and most of all, share the love of Jesus with others. See you next time. Clayman Medium.